Welcome to the Bear Marriage Podcast. I'm Sheila Ray Gregoire from ToLoveHonorAndVacuum.com, where we like to talk about healthy, evidence-based, biblical advice for your sex life and your marriage. And I am joined right now by my husband, Keith. Hey, everybody. Yes, you're going to go away in a minute, and we're going to bring on Rebecca. But that phrase, biblical advice, Mm -hmm. can get people into trouble. Yes. Because often we proof text and take Mm. verses from the Bible out of context. And so it sounds like we're saying something biblical, (laughs) but what we're actually saying, it does not reflect the heart of Christ. Yeah. So rather than seeing what Jesus wants us to do, Mm -hmm. we're having our own agenda of what we want people to do. And then we prove it from the Bible and we bash people over the head with it. Exactly. And that's what biblical often means. And we had a really good example of that (laughs) a couple of weeks ago. uh, John Piper... Um, on June 10th, wrote a post and a podcast on how a woman should respond to a harsh husband. Mm -hmm. The internet kind of erupted. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rebecca and I actually did a Facebook Live on this to, yep. to look at the problems um, in his article. And people really appreciated the Facebook Live and asked if we could put it on the podcast. So I'm actually going to have Rebecca on with me yep. and we will show we will post the Facebook Live. And then after that, I have a really cool article I want to share with you. Sure. Okay. So here is Rebecca and me. Hello. <laughs> we are here to talk about John Piper. Yeah. And what he said about people in abusive marriages. Well, yeah, he didn't use the word abusive, but we're no. going to talk about why it did apply to abusive marriages. We Yes, exactly. Here's what happened. On Friday, a podcast by John Piper on the Desiring God website released, and a woman was writing in talking about what to do if her husband was harsh. And she did say that he wasn't physically abusive, but that he was harsh. And the advice that John Piper gave has been roundly criticized. Mm-hmm. The post up at Desiring God has over a thousand comments right now. And I would say 90% of them are telling him he needs to get take that post down. I've seen many, many people share it and people are very, very angry. However, there have been some people who have been saying, I read the article, I listened to the podcast, and I don't see what's wrong with it. Like, I want to understand Sheila, but I don't see what's wrong with it. Um, there was one woman on the Desiring God website who actually said this, and I quote, uh, this is beautifully written. What an encouragement to seek help, counsel, and pursue peace. There is no encouragement in this article to put up with any abuse, just solid advice on keeping and strengthening a covenant of marriage through Christ and his church. And that's really the problem that I want to address is that a lot of people read this article and didn't see what was wrong with it. And were quite upset that we were getting so upset (laughs) and so wanted to understand what the issues were. So we thought that we would just take a couple of minutes and walk through what the problems were with this article. Mm -hmm. And this is not going to be exhaustive because frankly, a couple of minutes are not going to get through all the problems with this article. (laughs) (laughs) No, they aren't. So let's set the stage here. So she writes and says, my husband is not violent to me, praise God, but he is harsh. He's just not a gentle man. How should I approach this topic with him? Mm-hmm. And John Piper frames his, his advice. He starts off by saying this. If I'm talking to the husband, I need her to say this to get it out of the way and make sure it doesn't go unsaid. 
I would have lots to say biblically, spiritually, and relationally about how he needs to deal with his own sins and personality quirks or weaknesses, but that's not the question she asked. She asked us, how can I most helpfully approach him on this topic? So that's what I'm going to go to. So a lot of people have criticized him saying he didn't say anything about the husband. And I agree, he didn't. And I do think that there are times when you are talking to the wife that you don't need to give advice on what the husband should also do, Mm -hmm. because this is just advice for the wife. But, (laughs) and this is a big but, he never, ever, ever really diagnoses what is happening. So let's start with the word harsh. Mm-hmm. Harsh is a problem. Harsh yeah. is a bad word. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. Like, there are times we are all going to be harsh at times, mm-hmm. right? But she's not saying that he's harsh at times. This is a woman who says mm-hmm. he's not violent, praise God. So yes. this is already a woman who, that's, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he doesn't beat me, thank God. Like. Yeah. So then what is he doing then? Like mm-hmm. that that already is a really weird. So he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't physically assault me, but he's really harsh. Like but he's yes. harsh. So what does that mean to describe someone as harsh? Not he had a harsh day yesterday because he was super stressed from work and then he apologized and yes. you know, we have mm-hmm. better stress um, management techniques in the the books mm-hmm. now. That's totally different with someone saying he doesn't beat me, but he's harsh. Yeah, and that's specifically said he is harsh. Now, um, let's take this from another perspective. Harsh is difficult to define, so let's take it outside of the situation. Um, and here here's a principle that I use when I am answering a question. I'm not actually answering the person's question. No. I'm not talking to the letter writer because I don't have all the answers. I don't have all of the um, the context. I haven't heard a bigger story. I haven't heard the other, like I haven't heard the whole thing. So what I'm doing is I am actually talking out there to the people who may have the same story and giving general principles that should apply for someone with this story. So instead of, because a lot of people are saying, but she said he wasn't abusive. No, what she said was that he wasn't physically abusive. She never said he wasn't abusive. And the fact that John Piper never, ever, ever once mentions abuse, to me says he doesn't understand that abuse can be more than physical. Mm -hmm. And remember that John Piper is also someone who said that you should enjoy getting smacked around for a night. Yeah, because it might bring him to Christ. Yes. And so he isn't that great on physical abuse either. Um, But... We know that emotional, verbal, spiritual abuse, sexual abuse can be just as bad Mm -hmm. um, on people as physical abuse. And a lot of times people don't even realize they're being abused. For instance, uh, marital rape. It can look like someone holding you down while you're kicking and screaming. It can also look like I have to have sex with him every week before small group because if I don't, he embarrasses me in small group. Or I have to have sex with him before we go to the beach with the kids because if I don't, he picks at the kids all day. Mm-hmm. That is also a form of coercion, a form yeah. of sexual abuse, mm-hmm. and um, it may not look like holding someone down. Uh, someone's asking where Piper said that you should enjoy getting sm- smacked around. If you just if you just type in and Google, literally just Google it, you'll like, find the video ty- immediately. Ty- Piper smacked around for a season, and you'll find it. So he never mentions abuse. So this is the thing: you need to think. There's women listening who are being emotionally abused. How would they describe their husbands? Mm-hmm. And they would describe their husbands as harsh men. A lot of times, yeah. And most people who are in abusive relationships do not realize it for about a decade. Like it takes a long time to admit to yourself you're being abused. And so during that time, as you're realizing, <laughs> you know, that you're, that you're being abused, how are you describing your relationship? 
right? You're saying he's a harsh man. And so whether or not this particular woman was being abused... Doesn't actually matter. Doesn't matter. Because every woman who's being emotionally abused who reads this sees herself in that. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. Yeah. Is that he has no recognition of that whatsoever. And by the way, if someone is harsh, they actually are emotionally abused. (laughs) I do want to say that. Like, all the people saying he's not... Okay, if someone is harsh, that means they're consistently, consistently... critiquing you like cutting you down uh Mm -hmm. chastising you harsh is just mean Mm -hmm. harsh is a nice way of saying they're just mean Mm -hmm. they're just a mean person and And they're mean often enough that they can use it as the main descriptor of their personality exactly and uh as 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 someone just mentioned in the comments uh women can be emotionally abusive as well definitely most definitely so we need to be very careful of that too. Oh, thank you for putting the the link there to uh, John Piper telling people to get smacked around and stay. Yeah. Um. By the way, because it's not a big deal, of course. Okay, so let's look at what his actual recommendation is. So here we are. Got all geared up. We're gonna look at what Piper actually says to do. First of all, everybody, guess what number one is? Pray. Pray. Y'all should just pray. This drives me bloody bonkers. I know. Like, yeah. bloody bonkers. Like, obviously, prayer is important. We mm-hmm. all agree. Prayer is important. But if someone is going to go and write to John Piper, don't you think they've already prayed? Like, if they're... if Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're going to write in to John Piper because of your harsh husband, don't you think she's already probably spent years praying? And she's done the power of a praying wife in her Bible study? And she has read Love and Respect and she has tried everything. Like, don't you think that she has already prayed? And so for that to be the majority of what he says that she should do is just really, really difficult. But then he says this. So he's talking about how you should pray for your husband to soften his heart. And then he says, and I say that she should pray for herself as well, because even though he bears his own peculiar burden of responsibility before God for his own change, we know from scripture and experience that God uses the behavior of husbands and wives to bring about change in each other. He uses the people around us to affect the way we do things and feel about things. So what God does in her will has an effect on what she, what he does um, in his. So she prays for herself as well. I I really feel like this is putting a lot of burden on her. It's like, so in essence, what, when I read that, what I hear is, you know, this whole idea of, um, you know, he used the people around us to affect the way we do things and feel about things. So this mm-hmm. to me makes it sound like, pray to God so that you stop getting your feelings hurt so much. Mm-hmm. That's what that sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, like, I do feel like... A lot of people were saying, like, but he was just giving her advice. You can only control yourself. You can only mm-hmm. change yourself. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I that we need to talk about in terms of marriage advice is that when it comes to drawing boundaries with toxic people, mm-hmm. this is very true. You can only control yourself. You have an incredibly overbearing mother-in-law mm-hmm. who you need to draw boundaries with. You can't change your mother-in-law. She won't ever stop being more overbearing because she's a toxic, bad, like mean yeah. person. Yeah. Okay. She doesn't. She she wants to control and manipulate. She doesn't. She mm-hmm. doesn't want to have a good relationship. She wants to control. So in that case, you can only control yourself. You draw right. boundaries, and if she doesn't like it, she can bounce off those boundaries and go out and do her own thing, or you can withdraw yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're in a good relationship, you actually, your words should matter. Yeah. 
you should never feel like you are completely powerless to change someone's behavior. Like mm-hmm. if Connor came to me and said, the way that you do this makes me feel really badly, mm-hmm. that would change my behavior and vice versa. And we've both done that to each other. Mm-hmm. It's easy because we actually care about each yeah. other. And this is part of the problem is that a lot, <laughs> like when we're saying you can't change, can't, can't change other people, you can only change yourself then that probably means this is already not a great relationship. That's exactly it. It's like, then you're not in a good relationship mm-hmm. because we can and should impact each other's behavior. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's look at the next thing he says, which I, I have a really, really hard time with, okay? The pray, I mean, we should be praying. That's not necessarily bad advice. It's just no. really dumb to start with that because, again, it just assumes that she hasn't to been me, doing that. I'm just going to be honest, too. When people always start off with make sure you're praying, it to me sounds like they're trying to make sure that they know that they're spiritually better because yeah. like you haven't thought about praying yet or like, you haven't prayed hard enough you but, hard but enough, here's but. the first practical thing like sort of that that he says you should do and that's win him with gentleness and he quotes first peter 3 1 to 2 which by the way has nothing to do with the christian marriage first no. peter 3 1 to 2 is about um, wives married to unbelieving husbands. If you have a believing husband, this should not apply because your husband should never be treating you like this. Yeah. I mean, he shouldn't either if he's unbelieving, but if he's believing, but are unbelieving, but especially in this case. Okay, he's harsh. Let's picture this. He's harsh. He's critiqu- He's critiquing her all the time. Yeah. He yells a lot. Uh, he's not nice. He doesn't compliment her. He finds fault everywhere. Do you really think that just bending over backwards and giving into his every whim is going to change that dynamic? Or do you think it's going to encourage and enable it? Yeah. But here's the thing is when men like Piper are so obsessed with making sure that women obey their husbands, because he is, and he's the same guy, remember, who says that women have to uh, make sure not to give directions directly because that might, uh, you know, threaten a man's sense of masculinity, in which Mm -hmm. case I'm like, that is the most fragile masculinity I've ever heard in my entire life. Mm-hmm. But this is a man who's incredibly focused on making sure that women obey men. Yep. So my question is, does Piper actually want this husband to change? Mm-hmm. That's my genuine question. So mm-hmm. if the advice that he gives is, first of all, pray, and also with a little note there that it's also praying that you stop getting your feelings hurt is really what I think it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is, be nicer to the man who's being not nice to you and in essence enable this behavior. Yeah. And they say it as, oh, you being so nice will, will make him recognize how nice you are and he'll want to change. Yeah, that and never he quotes, actually happens. He quotes Proverbs, a, a soft answer turns away wrath or maybe turns away harshness. Doesn't say turn away harshness. He's just reading that into it. Um, or a soft tongue will break a bone, um, that bone of harshness. In other words, I would encourage her not to return evil for evil or harshness for harshness, which will only spiral into a worse situation but rather try to win him towards gentleness with gentleness anybody who knows anything about family dynamics and about interpersonal relationships knows that this does not work well not only that my thing is here's here's what he says right which will probably only spiral into a worse situation if she um replies with harshness for harshness but what often happens with these men is they consider different Um, definitions for men versus women, right? Mm -hmm. So 
A man being harsh is like critiquing his wife, criticizing, being mean. A woman simply standing up and saying, don't talk to me like that is also being, is also often harsh to these kinds of men. Mm -hmm. And so what I see, and this is not what Piper wrote word for word, but knowing the culture that Piper is in, Mm -hmm. what I see is a man beating down his wife with his words and her now being told, don't stand up, don't speak out against him, simply be nicer to him and hope that he stops or else it might get worse. But the worse simply means the man has to actually bear the Mm -hmm. consequences of his actions. Yeah. So it's all fine right now because the only victim is the woman. Right. It's all fine right now. But the way that it, yeah, the way that it spirals downward is if he is now the victim and now maybe the marriage is in trouble. Because right now only she is in trouble, but the marriage isn't in yeah, trouble. Yeah, and it's okay if we sacrifice women as long as they don't get divorced. Because remember that John Piper believes in marriage permanence, which is you cannot divorce for abuse. Yeah. Okay? This yep, is- exactly. Jenny just said, worse for him, not for her. Piper's trying to make it so only she experiences the negative effects, not both of them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. So let's say that he is being harsh. Let's say that he is critiquing her, that the dinner's not ready in time, that the kids are being loud, she hasn't got control of anything, what has she done all day, etc. And let's say that she is gentle and says, I'm sorry that, you, that you're upset and I will try harder. Is that going to change his behavior towards her? No, it's not. No, it's going to pat him on the back. It's actually going to encourage what he did. Exactly. It's actually an enforcing. But what if instead she stood up and said, I am not willing to listen to you while you speak to me that way. And so I'm going to remove myself to another room. Yeah. Or if he's yelling at the kids, say, I am not willing to have you yell at our children that way. And so I'm going to ask you to leave the house now, please, until you can calm down. Mm -hmm. Or... I am not willing to have you yell in front of the children like that. And so I'm going to ask you to leave the house or I will call your brother and ask him to come here. Or I am not willing to share my body with someone who constantly tells me how un- unattractive I am. Mm-hmm. And I am not having sex with you while you continue to talk about my body like that. Yep. And, and just start having boundaries for yourself. You know, you're not controlling him. What you're saying is what you are willing to put up with. And especially what you are willing to, to have your children mm-hmm. witness. And we've talked about this before on the podcast, but there's been a lot of research on the effect of divorce on kids. And what that research has found is when divorce happens, when the children have not been witnessing a toxic marriage, um, divorce is worse on children than parents staying in an unhappy marriage. Mm-hmm. So parents being in an unhappy marriage is better for kids than divorce when the children are not witnessing toxic behavior. But as soon as the kids are witnessing toxic behavior mm-hmm. and a harsh husband who's constantly critiquing the abusive abusing, and, yeah. emotionally abusive behavior, divorce is actually better on children. So, so children witnessing the father treating the mother like this mm-hmm. hurts the kids. You know, if you really want to hurt someone, if you like the, the okay, if, if someone really, really, really wanted to hurt me, what they would do is make me watch her being hurt. If someone really wanted to mm-hmm. hurt you, what they would do is make you watch Alex being hurt. Exactly. Yeah. Like far more than worse than anything happening to you. The, per- the people that your children love more than anyone else in the world is their mother. Mm-hmm. And so when children Mom watch... Mom and dad, yeah. Mom when, and dad. And as, yeah. So when children watch their mother being hurt... That is abusive towards them. And that is traumatic. And John Piper never mentions the effect on children of watching the husband have this kind of a relationship with their mother. Yeah. He never says that. Yeah, because again, remember, a lot of people who have a 
quote unquote harsh spouse, they might not mean it in this way, but Mm -hmm. a lot of people do. Right. And that's why, again, we're not talking about this particular letter writer. I mean, we might be talking about her, but what we're talking about is everyone who's listening to the podcast who would describe their husband as harsh, because that's who he's really talking to. And remember that women with emotionally abusive husbands would identify with this. Okay. So after that, so he's saying, pray, be gentle, and now share the burden wisely. Here we go. Okay. There will probably come a point where she desires and needs the support of others in the effort to love her harsh husband. I love how all of the efforts are to love her harsh husband, not to be safe from her harsh husband or to seek her own safety. It's Mm -hmm. so that she can love her harsh husband. Yes. Um, So, oh, someone just asked, I just want to answer this one. uh, Where can we find the research on how divorce is better for kids of witness to toxic and abusive marriage? I mean, Gretchen Baskerville has done amazing. Lifesavingdivorce.com. If you search for lifesavingdivorce.com and focus on the family, all of her articles about how focus on the family misuses this research goes into all of that. We've also talked about it on our podcasts, but it's hard for me to link to the individual podcast. So just go to lifesavingdivorce.com. Yeah, Gretchen Baskerville, she runs Lifesaving Divorce. She's got lots of information. Search for all of her articles on focus on the family and you'll you'll find it okay so he is saying that you're going to need the support of others in this effort to love your harsh husband so notice how the the goal already is to love the husband and to keep the marriage intact it's not the safety of the woman and the children Mm -hmm. it's just to keep the marriage intact all right so how is she supposed to do that? She will need them to pray for her and encourage her and counsel her. But I would earnestly caution her against bad-mouthing her husband behind his back with other people. This will almost certainly backfire in a more hopeless situation. I will say the backfire into a more hopeless situation, that's just you're going to realize he's abusive and you're going to divorce him. Yeah, because if you tell people what he's doing, they're going to tell you that's abusive and you need to divorce. And to John Piper, that is the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. Because he believes in marriage permanence. Now, and again, let's add the nuance here. When you're in a healthy marriage, you can mm-hmm. make the choice to not nitpick your spouse's insecurities and mm-hmm. their mistakes or embarrassing moments they had in front of other people. That's yeah. healthy. Yeah. But that's not the kind of thing that would be burdening my heart. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing that I do to protect my spouse. Like, I wouldn't say things that Connor did wrong because he's a very good husband and that would be me gossiping. It wouldn't be me seeking counsel. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a difference between wanting to vent because you want to be able to laugh at someone else's expense. Yes. Versus being like, I'm in a bad situation and I don't know what to do. And I need some help. That is always okay to talk about. Yeah. That's not gossip. No. It's gossip when you're like, oh, I'm going to use that person for my own social gain. Mm-hmm. It's not gossip when you are struggling with something and you talk to people about it. And yeah. if someone is doing something that is hurting you and it makes them look bad to other people, well, screw that. That's also <laughs> a consequence of their behavior. Do, Do not, not be, be deceived. deceived. God, God cannot be, be mocked. mocked. A man reaps what he sows. sows. <laughs> like if you are a bad person who does bad things mm-hmm. and then people tell other people about the bad things that you did, yes. then you're going to be seen as a bad person. Yes. Like this is a basic sorry this thing bothers me so much because it's it women are just told so often don't gossip don't slander him Mm -hmm. don't do this well it wouldn't it's not slander if it's true first Mm -hmm. of all and it's not gossip if you're trying to get help because you're in an impossible position we need to be able to talk about what is normal 
We Mm -hmm. need to be able to talk about what is expected in a relationship, in a marriage, and what is not normal. Yeah. Like and he goes, okay, so then he goes on to give this rather bizarre um, anecdote about how early in his marriage, when he and his wife were having issues, they were seeing a counselor and the counselor advised them to have another couple that would go with them to advocate for them to counseling sessions. And he thinks this is a great idea. So you bring another couple in who's going to sort of walk this beside you, be part of community and help you. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are seeing a biblical counselor at a church... First of all, I don't think you should do that. No. Okay, please don't do that. But if you are a woman and you are being pressured to see a biblical counselor to church, I think it is an excellent idea to bring an advocate along with you because you need someone to go to bat for you because this can be an inherently dangerous situation when you see a counselor at a church who isn't properly trained in abuse and whose goal is to keep the marriage intact mm-hmm. as opposed to the goal of safety and thriving and abundance for you and, and your kids and your husband because he will thrive better when he is not allowed to keep perpetuating sinful and harmful behavior and abusive behavior. Um, And so if you are seeing a biblical counselor, it's a great idea. However, I talked to several licensed counselors about this this morning, just seeing their take on it. And they also said it is very strange to ever bring another couple to a licensed counselor because you won't be able to do the in-depth work that requires major vulnerability. So no. It's all protecting the abuser. It's 100% protecting the abuser. Um, Yeah. And he also then goes on to say later on that you really shouldn't share anything your husband isn't isn't um, open to you sharing. This is such terrible, terrible advice. Or if he ever takes away consent, you need to stop sharing it. No, no, this is your story. And if you need help, go get it. Knock on people's doors like Keep at it until you find someone who's actually willing to help you. Because a lot of women in churches like John Piper's, they've asked for help. Mm -hmm. And all they've gotten is advice like this. So keep asking until you get someone who gives you better advice. Because it's going to get better. Are you ready? Here's number four. So we've got pray. We've got be gentle. We've got share uh, with others carefully. And now distinguish sin from From personality. personality. Maybe he's just a jerk. (laughs) Maybe he's just a jerk who Jesus can't redeem. Maybe his personality is so bad, the cross is no power here. That's what Piper, in essence, says. Yeah, he's Sorry, saying- this one is just... I am, I am so unhinged for this one. But seriously, it's like, maybe it's just, maybe he's like, you know. Yeah, like one woman commented, well, I'm sorry, but my, my genetic personality is that I'm unsubmissive. And what would he say about that? Like exactly. If, if a woman said to him, well, I'm sorry, I'm naturally unsubmissive, he would get upset at her. He'd say, there's no such thing as naturally unsubmissive. You're just sinning. Yeah, like, but so- what does he say about harshness? The inherited genetic tendencies embedded in his own basic personality or in his upbringing. He could be harsh because of... His own genetic tendencies or his upbringing. Yeah, he has terrible attachment styles that he's never been healed from. And he has emotional woundedness. And he's just a abusive person because of the way he was raised. But then you got to go deal with it. Yeah, it's true. We know that, you know, a lot of times people who end up being abusers were abused themselves. That does yeah. not mean that they are not also abusers. Just because you're abusive or... Um, bad behavior has a good rationale doesn't mean that it's not abusive bad behavior that needs to stop Mm -hmm. and also yeah what if your personality is that you are a jerk then you need to change your personality you can change your personality by the way 
Mm-hmm. You can. We mm-hmm. all. It's called personal growth. Yeah. Like you're not going to change your Myers Briggs type or something like no, that. No, but you but... can certainly change. Like you know, deal with your attachment issues. Yeah. Um, you know, deal with your emotional woundedness. Deal with the fact that you can't be honest about your emotions. Deal with you the fact that you run away from uh, anything vulnerable and that you need to control situations. Like deal with all of this stuff. Like mm-hmm. like it's just it's it's absolutely ridiculous. If you're like me. You probably get really tired of just bad evangelical advice about sex and marriage. Well, if you need a boost or maybe just a chance to laugh a bit, check out the merch in our store. We've got some really great stuff like love and respect because healthy people need both or how you can be a biblical woman. For instance, you can win battles like jail or you can teach like Priscilla. You can say no like Vashti. We've got all kinds of stuff there. We've got mugs, notebooks, tote bags, and so much more. So check out the merch link to our store in the podcast notes. And then he goes on to say, I am not excusing any sin by saying this, but I am being realistic and acknowledging how complicated human beings are. I know people whose personality is such that you wish they would smile more. We're not talking about that, John. We're talking about a harsh man. We're not talking about a man who doesn't smile enough. We're talking about a man who is likely being emotionally abusive towards his wife. And that's not a personality trait. That is a choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. No one is born to be abusive. That is a choice that they are making. Mm-hmm. And it is not okay. And to tell a woman, well, you just need to realize that maybe he's just born that way. And that's just his personality. No, no. You need to tell her she's got to get to safety. And oh, he goes on to say, I have learned over the decades that in certain cases, this is simply not sinful. This is a deeply ingrained personality yeah, no, trait wait, with no explain. ill will. Okay. So the, what okay. this is, is referring to is this. Yeah. You wish that they would oil the relational wheels with a few more kind words or forthcoming encouragements or affirmations. But instead, there's almost continual bluntness, terseness, unemotional communication. And I have learned over the decades mm-hmm. that in certain cases, this is simply not sinful. This is a deeply ingrained personality trait with no ill will. There's no ill will behind it. You know this over time, and it will only make matters worse if the people around the, these folks continually impute the sin to them where in fact that's not mainly what's going on and here's the problem for me when i are you putting out love and respect (laughs) yeah exactly why are we always assuming that That these men have no ill will yep how do we have any evidence these men have no here's the thing though that's what he says all the time too he's just a good-willed man who was stonewalling he's just a good-willed man who can't say anything nice to you how do we know he's good-willed yep he's acting in a harsh way He's being critical. He isn't saying anything nice. How is that evidence of goodwill whatsoever, except for the fact that he says he's a Christian? And not only that, he says that it's not ill will. And he says that it's, it's, it's simply a personality trait. There's absolutely no ill will. But the problem is that even if there's nothing objectively wrong with continued bluntness, Mm -hmm. if you are in a marriage and your spouse says that hurts my feelings and you keep doing it, Mm-hmm. That is now mistreating your spouse. Yeah. Like there are some things. Oh, here's a good one. When we first got married, mm-hmm. Connor and I, I uh, Connor was work, was working outside of the house. And so I often would end up calling uh, you when I had something exciting going on. And I would tell you first because you mm-hmm. were around. Mm-hmm. And then Connor came to me and said, uh, dude, I'm your husband. You got to mm-hmm. tell me the exciting stuff first. Don't tell your mom first. Because like it's making me feel like I'm second. I'm second yeah. choice. I was like. You're right. That's that's mm-hmm. not really appropriate for mm-hmm. for this. And so then I started to tell him. But then if I continued to call mom or my friends first, even after he told me that hurt his feelings, that would be mean. 
Yeah. And that, that would be, be me. That would be you exercising ill will. Even though my personality is very impulsive and very extroverted. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to pick up a phone and call people right now and not wait the two hours until he comes home. I think one of the issues here, Emerson Eckerich does this in Love and Respect, John Piper does this, is they're assuming that anyone who calls himself a Christian automatically has goodwill. Yes. Calling yourself a Christian means absolutely nothing. Yeah. It means nothing. <laughs> Linda just said, apparently Piper expl- excludes men from the whole you shall know them by their fruits exactly. thing. Let's yeah. talk about the fruits. What are the fruits of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. self-control. If someone is not is not exhibiting love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, are they really walking with Christ? Mm-hmm. Because if we are walking with Christ, we should show it in our actions. Here's what Diana just said. What's the fruit? It's like saying this healthy tree just simply bears bad fruit. If you're good-willed, good goodwill uh, come out on a regular basis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But a bad tree, Jesus said a bad tree can't bear good fruit and a good tree can't bear bad fruit. And so if we have someone who's consistently bearing bad fruit, we shouldn't say, oh, they're just, they're just, they're still good-willed. Yeah. No. And we shouldn't say just because they can quote the Bible that they're a Christian. Yeah. No, if they are doing absolutely nothing to show that they care about you or about God in their actions then no. <laughs> and that doesn't mean we need perfection. No. It does, there are some things that are simply going to be, some people are really, really quite introverted and mm-hmm. don't, and not very emotionally like effusive. Yeah. And you know, it'll take, it might take them a long time to remember that, oh yeah, I have to actually like compliment mm-hmm. and say thank you and all those kinds of things. But it should be something that is growing and is learning. And mm-hmm. it isn't like killing your spirit because they're putting your needs back on you like you're the problem for asking for basic human yeah. relationship things. Yeah. yeah. So Amy just said, I can think of instances where someone's personality may seem harsh. For instance, people in the autism spectrum. I just think the word harsh is so vague. Why do we automatically jump to abuse? Here's the thing. Bluntness from someone who does true is truly trying to be in a good safe healthy relationship with you even if they miss the mark because mm-hmm. of you know maybe maybe they have different social you know ways of of connecting because of something like autism mm-hmm. that's very different than using that as an excuse to continue to get away with being mean yeah but again um, i get I, I and those are say, two different and, things but we said as i said at the beginning and i know some people are just jumping in this live later yeah the issue is not this particular woman and whether or not her husband is abusive yes the issue is that everybody who is being emotionally abused would describe their husband as harsh yes. this is the way someone who is being emotionally verbally sexually financially abused describes their spouse mm-hmm. um, before they realize they're abusive. And remember, most people do not realize they're in an abusive marriage for a long time because of the gaslighting yeah. and the fog, etc. So people who are currently in abusive marriages would describe their husband as harsh. And now they're reading this advice. Mm-hmm. And nowhere does John Piper even say that emotional abuse is real. Yeah. In fact, he says, like he says, well, it's okay. She's not being physically abused as if that is the only marker that matters. Yeah. And that's the problem is it's not about whether or not this particular woman is being abused. Although if you are married to someone who's very harsh, you are being emotionally abused. If that's, if that's all they are. Um, <laughs> the issue is really, this is how people who are in abusive marriages would describe their marriage. And he doesn't give any advice to help them. Okay, now at the end, this is this is his final bit of, of, of advice is approach him with hope. Okay, so you approach your husband with hope. And you do that with a context of encouragement, 
Um, so you are, you are, uh, so you're going to find explicit things that you can say by way of thankfulness and encouragement and affirmation. So instead of drawing boundaries and saying, I will not allow you to speak to me this way. Instead, what you're supposed to do is find specific things to be thankful for. All right. And to tell him that he's really good at, and you're to model humility and vulnerability. Okay, so you're supposed to be um, confessing the things that you are doing wrong, that your attitudes are wrong. You know, here's how I can do things better. Being vulnerable when you are in an abusive marriage makes it worse and puts you in more danger. And this is just really, really bad advice. And then try and this final thing. Oh, there's two final final thing is um, try not to globalize. Mm -hmm. And by that, he says, try not to say you always do this. You always do it that way because that's what people don't know. And that's not necessarily bad advice. Necessarily, except that it sounds like what he's saying is there is no way that a woman can be honest about a truly harsh husband because he says, make sure, like, you're describing your husband as harsh, but he's not harsh all the time. So, in essence, he's just gaslighting the woman when mm-hmm. I read that because it's like, well, mm-hmm. he's not har- Is he harsh 100% of the time? No, well, yes. then he can't be 100% Well, what about harsh. last Tuesday when I wasn't harsh? See, I'm not harsh all the time. So, therefore, I can't be a harsh husband. It's like, no, yeah. dude. Like, um, at some point, like, you, like yeah, anyway. It's okay, just- so so let, let's talk about what he should have said. Okay. Here's what he should have said. If your husband is harsh, that means he very likely is emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm. Here are the signs that you are in an abusive marriage. Here's what you should do. Or else it's at at the best, it's incredibly dysfunctional. Yes. Here's how you draw boundaries. Mm -hmm. Here's examples of how you can stand up and say, I will not be spoken to in that way. You know, when you are ready to talk to me in a different way, I would be happy to listen, but I will not be spoken to in that way and leave the room. Here's an example of how you can say, uh, we are not connecting emotionally at all right now. And I would like to do work on that. I would like to see a licensed counselor. If you are not willing to do that, then I do not want to connect in other ways because Mm -hmm. I do not feel safe. And I can't connect with you in other ways when I do not feel safe. And these are some of the sort of boundaries that we can draw to make sure that safety is important because it's normal to have to have fights, okay? It's, it's normal, normal to have like it's normal to pick at each other and to be grumpy, et cetera, et cetera. It is not normal to define your spouse as harsh. And when you're giving advice, you need to be sure that people who are being abused will hear this properly. Mm-hmm. And that was never mentioned. It was the children were never mentioned. And kids who are living through this kind of a marriage is really um is really dangerous. I want to read something that someone left on our on our patron group. We've been dissecting. Our patron group is awesome. If you have not joined our patron, you can do that for as little as, as $5 a month and get access to our absolutely awesome Facebook group. We get some amazing conversations there. And that money goes to help get our research out there. But one person said, to, said this. I want to read a couple of the comments that came in. You read this and it's like the word salad club. You just type out a whole lot of words that don't actually say anything coherent. They're just tossed together in a lovely way and you call yourself a writer. And so much of of, of Christian writing is like that. Just pray more. Just here's a bunch of proverbs. Here's how we're going to be gentle and love and encourage. And it's like, it doesn't actually say anything helpful. Mm -hmm. It really does not apply. Um, And then another woman uh, said this about the whole Piper thing. 
It says, this goes back to direct communication. It reminded me of that series that Sheila wrote about direct communication last year, which included Piper's example of a woman having to give directions to a man in an indirect, impersonal way, because you're not allowed to give directions in a way that is personal and direct. So you have to say, for instance, when I go to Walmart, I would go three <laughs> three stoplights up and then turn to the right, as opposed to saying, go three stoplights up and turn to the right. And I was like, but here I'm it is. But I'm just a silly woman. I don't know. What do I know? Yeah. He does not suggest direct communication in this situation because he does not think that women should speak to men that way. Mm -hmm. So the best a wife can hope for is that her husband will understand when she gives the concrete examples and that he will be open to talking about it more so that she can actually tell him how she feels. But if he's not open to that, there really is no way forward for her. She has to submit to him in all things and can't even directly communicate about this issue unless he's open to it and she's then not allowed to share about it to her friends unless yeah. he's open to it so he tells her absolutely nothing that she can actually do yeah yep so so those are the problems that we had with the article and that's why i believe it was unconscionable yep and i do want to say one more thing when pastors quote john piper in sermons the women who have read this stuff they think that's what the pastor believes. Mm -hmm. And what you're showing when you quote John Piper with like, you're showing this is a man that I think should be listened to. And remember, this is a man who says that women should enjoy getting smacked around for a season, who has absolutely no advice for women who are in abusive relationships, who said that women cannot be police officers. They cannot be politicians. They cannot teach seminary. They, uh, they cannot even give direct directions to a man. And when he quotes John Piper, even if it's on something else, this is what women hear. There are other people to quote. If you're spending your time reading John Piper, then, Read literally then we think this is what you believe. Yeah, exactly. And so can we please stop quoting John Piper? Okay, that is what we wanted to say. Um, oh, yes. Someone is saying, yes, you should never recommend a couples counseling for abuse. Yes. No. And, and I didn't mean to say that. What yeah. I said was we need to see like we, we need to go to a licensed counselor. But but in abusive situations, you need to do it individually. Yeah. You should not go to couples counseling. But if he's not willing to go to a licensed counselor and talk to the licensed counselor, then he's not really willing to work on this. Exactly. Yeah. It was more. Yeah, exactly. There's a difference between like people who are just having an emotional disconnect. Yeah. Versus someone who's in an emotionally um, abusive mm -hmm. uh, relationship. Yeah. And, and again, I really think that the whole way that this article that John Piper wrote and, and the podcast, it's, it's a podcast and I was reading the transcript, the worst thing in the world for him and when he says that things will start spiraling downward or that the worst can happen is that the couple might get divorced. Yeah. And he thinks this is the worst thing. I think the worst thing is that someone might be abused and that the children might witness that. And the fact that he can't even see that as a bad thing and that he doesn't even think it's worth mentioning is so highly problematic that it proves he is not a safe person and should never, mm -hmm. ever be listened to. And it, it grieves my heart that the Christian community has so little discernment that we would still consider him a stalwart of the faith. Well, I mean, just the way that he, and, and, and this is my personal opinion, but just any time someone is so obsessed with something like masculinity and gender roles and making sure he maintains power, 
it's just completely antithetical to the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I personally think that when someone is so obsessed with making sure everyone knows, I'm a man, 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 man, I'm a manly man's man, I'm a man, man. Like, then, then what's their gospel actually about? Is it about serving the poor, helping the needy? Is it about being the hands and feet of Christ? Or is it about, you know, stepping on everyone and making sure that you're taller, making sure that you're bigger, making sure that you have a spot? Yeah. And whenever I see these kinds of people, mm-hmm. I always just think about when Christ chastised uh, the mother uh, of the two of two of his disciples, yeah. who were saying, "Who's going to sit at your right side in heaven?" Um, say, "What? Yeah. Like, no." Uh, and and meanwhile, like Christ says things like, "You have to be willing to be under. You have to be a yeah. servant." Yeah, well, he says it's the Gentiles who worry about it's, power and authority, and yeah. who and who is exercising authority. And over meanwhile, whom, but who is not? So... But it shall not be so with you. But it's like it's not about serving. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So it's not about power. It's about learning how to serve. That is the that is the mark of the Christian life. And yet, yeah. so much of modern Christianity, the main focus is on making sure that we have an authority structure in place that's right, and we're missing the boat. We're missing the entire boat. That's what Jesus was saying. It's not about that. It's about who is serving. And when John Piper can't even see that he is hurting women, that is just awful. Well, he can't see that he's hurting women because if this kind of behavior mm-hmm. is hurting women, his entire framework of how marriage should work crumbles. Mm-hmm. This is the problem. As soon as we determine that a woman should be allowed to speak up and have a voice and actually stand up for herself and mm-hmm. that her entire world should not be wrapped around how to um, carefully bubble wrap the ego of the man child she married. Yeah. Like there's no way for his idea of what marriage is to continue. And I don't believe that that's what marriage is. I don't believe that men Mm -hmm. are man children need to have their egos carefully wrapped. No, that's how Piper describes men. Like how Piper says how men can't handle women's direct communication and so women have to go around. Like, I don't know why men aren't offended by this. Like my husband's always saying like, I am not fragile. Like why, the, the way that these guys talk about men, they're so fragile. They can't handle women actually saying what they're thinking. You're not allowed to call him out unless you first tell him three good things about him and what he's done. And it's like, no, if you're being abused, you're allowed to stand up. You don't have to take it. Yep, exactly. You don't have to take it. Because if you're being abused, he's already broken the covenant with you. Mm-hmm. And now it's up to you as to what you should do. And, you, and your, main, your main focus should be on getting safety for yourself. And the fact that he didn't even mention this is just really problematic. Yep. All right. That was a fun Facebook Live yeah. to do. And I hope it got the message across. Uh, many people have asked me for a clip of Rebecca going, I'm a man, 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 a man's man. And we should really make a gif out of it. But the whole thing made me really sad. Yeah. It actually really did because a lot of people take John Piper's advice as if it is from God. Like this mm-hmm. is the equivalent of the word of God and it can be mm-hmm. so hurtful. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the reason that I found out about that article in the first place was because somebody sent me it mm-hmm. because that's all that people think that I spend my life going on other people's blogs. I never go on yeah. anyone else's blog unless someone sends me a link. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm on social media a lot. And so I see things on social media, but I, I don't go around checking what people write. And so I have, I have another link that someone sent me on the same day okay. um, as the John Piper thing 
dropped to say this is a better way of looking at it. Absolutely. And yeah. I think this is brilliant. Yeah. And so Dr. Allison Cook, I really should have her on the podcast sometime. Yeah. She is a counselor. She is an author. Uh, she wrote the book Boundaries for Your Soul. Um, so she's, she's a Christian author in this space. And she wrote about what it means to turn the other cheek. Right. Yes. Now, what I'm going to share with you, this is going to be groundbreaking for many of you listening. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so put on your thinking caps, get out your pen. <laughs> You're going to want to take notes on this. I will put the link to this article in the, the podcast notes and in the podcast post yeah. that goes along with this so that you can go and look up the article. But here we go. Well, yeah, because before you go on to say that, I was going to say that because people like John Piper would say, well, turn the other cheek means... If you're a woman who's being treated harshly by your husband, mm -hmm. well, you should just absorb that for the sake of Jesus. Like, mm -hmm. this is what we hear all the time. Like, put up with persecution. Put up with these bad things. You know, just be the Christian doormat. That's kind of what we're taught. And this right. turn the other cheek gets used to say that. And yes. this article says that's not that's actually not where actually it, what it means. It means. This is so good. Now, you and I actually, okay, yeah, true, this, true well, story. Well, I, I, you sent this article to me, and it's like, this, we already... We talked about this like, what, 30 years ago? Yeah, when we were in university. So we were at Queen's University in yeah. Kingston, Ontario, and yeah. we were going to the IVCF group, so yeah. Interversity Christian Fellowship, which yeah. is Queen's Christian Fellowship. And we were in a Bible study together, which yeah. is where we kind of met. Yeah. Yeah. And the head of QCF at the time, yeah. Doug Caldwell, was yeah. teaching. We Shout did, out. We did, yes, Doug Caldwell. Is he even still alive? I don't know. We should look him up. Yeah. Anyway, he's wonderful. But, but, every, everything he <laughs> taught us back then... We've all had to relearn in the last 10 years. Yeah, I thinking like he's a little bit heretical. Like he's a little bit too, um, because he didn't see things through a typical evangelical yes. lens. And we yes. did we did a whole series on the parables, which just really gave a different slant yeah. to so many of the things that Jesus was talking about. And one of the things that he discussed with us was what it meant to turn the other cheek. Yeah. And this is what Dr. Allison Cook argues here as well. And she's quoting N.T. Wright mm -hmm. as well, too. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote to you what she quotes N.T. Wright as saying. And N.T. Wright has an amazing podcast, by the way. He's a British theologian. Um, you can listen to what is Ask N.T. Wright Anything. Ask N.T. Wright Anything. It's amazing. He was the Bishop of Durham. So yes. he's Anglican. Yes. Um, very, very uh, He sounds deep. like C.S. Lewis to me. Yeah. <laughs> very, very deep understanding of Scripture. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've ever wondered when... You know, talking about the kingdom. What does the kingdom really mean? That sort of thing. Like he's just so mm -hmm. fantastic. I have some amazing books on that. Okay, so here's what here's what he says: To be struck on the right cheek in that world, so in the Roman Jewish mm -hmm. culture, meant being hit with the back of the right hand. So you're just going slap across the face like that. <laughs> That's not just violence, but an insult. It implies that you're an inferior, perhaps a slave, a child, or in that world, and sometimes even today, a woman. What's the answer? Hitting back only keeps the evil in circulation. Offering the other cheek implies, hit me again if you like, but now as an equal, not as an inferior. So think about that for a minute. Seen in this light, turning the other cheek is a brave counter move. It's not being a doormat. In fact, it is quite the opposite. Turning the other cheek is a way of standing your ground, communicating you will not belittle me. You cannot take away my dignity. Mm -hmm. It's countering bullying from a position of strength. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you turn the other cheek, you're saying, no, you can't swamp me with the back of your hand anymore. Now, yeah. <laughs> if you hit me. You're hitting me like an equal. Yeah, it's an issue of you're, you're not going to reciprocate and mm -hmm. do the same thing that was done to you. Uh -huh. But it doesn't mean you're just going to let the situation sit, sit that way. Mm -hmm. Like you have a, a response and your response is, no, this is not the way I'm going to be treated. Mm -hmm. Right? 
Um, so and, and, and she goes yeah, on to talk about. I, I, I want to read the whole article. I know. Really, it, in a way, she, you, 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 seriously, you got to yeah. go go click it through. But I am going to read a little bit more of what she said. What Jesus is showing us here is an extremely profound way to take a stand. He's saying, anchor yourself in the truth of who you are and the truth of who I am. Stand your ground on what is right. Actions speak loudly. Mm-hmm. And then she gives a number of examples of what yeah. this might look like in real life. So, and, and and I think it sort of really sounds a lot like what Paul is saying is do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Mm-hmm. Like the issue isn't just, you know, don't be overcome with evil, just let it keep happening to you. Yeah. <laughs> but overcome evil with good. And actually, this is something that I, that I want to point out is whenever we're trying to figure out what does God want us to do in this situation? We often think, how does God want me to act? Mm. That's the wrong question. Because if you look at Jesus's life, he acted in different ways depending on the circumstance. It's not like he always did the same thing. When we ask the question, how does God want me to act? We're missing the point. The real point is what is God trying to do here? And how will my actions best bring about what God is trying to do here? Because your actions will change, you know, based on what it is that God is trying to do and and your circumstances at the time. So if we think about it, if what God really wants is for people to be transformed into the likeness of his son, Romans 8, 29, that we are predestined to be transformed into the likeness of his son. He wants us to look more and more like Jesus. Then we have to not enable sin. What John Piper, and and we had some people pushing back on us um, about John Piper's article saying, well, it's good advice as long as you're not being abused, you Mm -hmm. know, to be kinder, to be gentler. If someone is being mean to you, and you then be gentle towards them. You thank them for everything they do for you. You mention all the good things yeah. about them. You are now giving positive reinforcement to a negative behavior. So you are saying, you are rewarding them for acting in an unchristlike way. Yeah. And that is not going to bring them closer to, to God at no. all. So that's why I really want us to stop asking how does God want me to act? Because then the answer is usually he wants you to be kind. He wants you to be gentle or whatever. And instead say, what is God trying to do? And what God is trying to do <laughs> is he wants your husband to stop acting harshly towards you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it says in Colossians, you know, husbands do not be harsh with your wives. Like that's that's mm-hmm. a literal command from the Bible. Mm-hmm. So if your husband is being harsh with you, you know, like saying... The Bible says you shouldn't be harsh with me. It's yeah. Great. Like, <laughs> and, I think that's reasonable if you're want, you know, trying to make it more like Christ. Right. So here's some examples of what of, of what she says that you can do in these in these situations. So one, simply don't respond. Mm-hmm. Okay? Go all gray rock. Gray rock is a is a phrase um, that people often use in the abuse community mm-hmm. of you know, you just don't escalate anything. Like they yeah. they often abusers want to escalate things. But yeah. if you go gray rock, like you don't do anything. You're just yeah. you're just a gray rock. <laughs> and I just want to add, she does the before she goes on to these things, she does give the caveat if you're in a if you are in a situation where abuse yes. is occurring, like get out. Like yes. this these are just things that if you're if you you can do as alternates to lashing back in a situation where you're not being abused. Yeah, yeah. And she gives the example of of Martin Luther King, who was in a very powerless situation um, where, you know, others had great power over him, but he actually used this technique Mm -hmm. to to affect change. So simply don't respond. This is the one that I really like, though. Name what is happening with confidence. Mm -hmm. So if you get a snide remark from a friend, look them straight in the eye and say, that was a rude comment. Mm-hmm. Is there more where that came from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and you can say, you can say to your spouse, because sometimes it could be wives who are being harsh. It isn't always yep. husbands who are yep. being harsh. Yep. So you can say to your harsh spouse, that was very rude. 
Mm-hmm. Is there more of that that you want to say to me? Mm-hmm. Because you're saying, no, you, you, what you are doing is treating me rudely. And I'm giving you the opportunity to keep doing that so that you see this is what I am doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and here's number three, clarify the choice that they are making. So you might say to your spouse, is that really how you want to talk to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is that really is, the tone of voice you want to this, use with me? Is this how we're going to discuss this issue? Mm-hmm. You can say, well, I'm not going to do that this way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. rather than just lashing back with the same attitude. Mm-hmm. I want to read um, this one. Or do you want to read it? Why don't you read it? Sure. This, this is the, this is the. The client, this, yeah. Yeah, this is this is an example that she gave that I really liked of how responding, how turning the other cheek in the way that Jesus meant it can work out in our interpersonal relationships. Sure. I once worked with a client who was constantly being taken advantage of by a colleague. She didn't like it, but she didn't know how to get it to stop. Finally, it came to a head. A project she had done most of the work on had been accepted at a conference, yet he wanted to present all of it. She'd had enough. She anchored herself in the support of safe people. The next time they met, she mustered up her courage and said, I know you'd like to present the project, but that won't work for me. I will be presenting my portion of it. Sure enough, the blows started to come. She could see his face turn red as they stood facing each other. He accused her of being selfish, foolish, and said that she couldn't handle it. Each time he levied an accusation, she calmly said, Is there more? Finally, he exhausted himself as he spewed out all of his best efforts to get her to fold. When she could tell he was finished, she paused, lifted her chin, and completely ignoring the tantrum she just witnessed, simply repeated her boundary. So it's all set then, she said. I will be presenting my part of the presentation. Then she turned on her heel and left. I'm not sure that he ever understood how toxic that conversation was or the hundreds of boundary violations leading up to it. He didn't apologize, but has never hassled her again. The truth is, she didn't need him to understand, and she didn't need his apology, though of course it would have been nice. She'd gained something far more important to her. She'd gained her dignity. And I love that. So again, this is Dr. Allison Cook. Uh, She's the author of Boundaries for Your Soul, and we will put the link to this article, Should You Turn the Other Cheek, in the podcast notes, because really you need to go read the whole thing. Because the answer is, yes, you should turn the other cheek, but Mm -hmm. that does not mean you be a doormat. Exactly. It means you do what is right and you don't retaliate. Yeah, because you allow other people to see you as someone who is a whole person, not Mm -hmm. someone they can just take advantage of. And and when when you turn the tables like that, it actually can affect change. And mm-hmm. so it gives you back your dignity. And that is what is missing from John Piper's advice. Yes. Is he never gives women dignity. No. He allows men to stomp all over them mm-hmm. and thinks that this is somehow godly. Yes. And thinks that by women enduring this, they mm-hmm. are godly. Mm-hmm. And yet that's not looking anything <laughs> and his, he like says, Jesus. And he says his advice is biblical, despite yes. the fact that there is a clear injunction for husbands not to be harsh with their wives yes. in the Bible. And doing what John Piper says enables husbands to keep being harsh. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So we need to change the dynamic in the in the marriage. We, we don't just act nicer in order to convince him to be nice to us. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. We need to change the dynamic. And that's what turning the other cheek really is about. So check that out. Thank you for joining us on the Bear Marriage Podcast. A couple of announcements that are coming. First of all, on Monday, as we said earlier, the Boost Your Libido course <laughs> launches the all new one. So that will be here. If you're not signed up to our email list, 
please do that. I will put a link in the podcast notes as well, because we'd love to have you join us. And then you, you'll get notifications of all of these great things and coupon codes too, which are really fun. In July, we will be taking the month off of the podcast. So we're not going to record new ones, but we will be airing on the Thursdays some older podcasts that some of you may not have heard because a lot of you only started listening in the last year when we hit a million downloads. Thank you very much. Yep. <laughs> um, so there's some from like the first season or second season that you may not have heard. So we're going to rerun some of my favorites mm-hmm. and some of your favorites. Yep. I think you're even choosing them for yes. me. Um, <laughs> so stay tuned for that. So there's one more podcast, Start Your Engines, next week. And then, and then we're going to be taking those four weeks off. And then we'll be back again in August. Also in July, we will be changing our domain from to lovehonoredvacuum.com to baremarriage.com, which is really mm-hmm. fun. I'm looking forward to that. We're always thrilled to have you listen to Bear Marriage uh, podcast. We appreciate you so much. Remember to rate and review this podcast. It helps us immensely and tell other people about it so that we can get more healthy, evidence-based, and actual biblical advice out there (laughs) to people for their sex life and their marriage. Bye-bye. Bye.